It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. On today's show... A big hit to the labor movement as the efforts to unionize an Amazon warehouse in Alabama apparently fails. Also, the latest in Republican cancel culture. And can we really possibly return America to a progressive tax system? That appears to be in the works. But first... A couple of uh, cleanup jobs on some subjects we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. First, on the is Trump-loving Republican Congressman Matt Gates a sex-trafficking pedophile front? Turns out, Congressman, Republican Congressman Matt Gates sought a blanket pardon from the President of the United States, Trump, before he left office. Gee, it's a wonder not having gotten that pardon for anything he might ever have done criminal or wrong in America. It's a wonder that Matt Gates supported the efforts to overturn the election to have Donald Trump remain president. At least we, we know now there's some legitimate motivation there that he was hoping that with a little more time, he would get the pardon he needs to allow him to perhaps continue his sex trafficking pedophilia without any responsibility whatsoever. The Onion Onion newspaper again had it uh, wonderfully succinctly with a headline, 17-year-old asks friend what it means when guy you like wants blanket pardon. Think about that for a moment, but don't think about it for too long because it is fucking gross. The whole thing is fucking gross. A 30-something-year-old This is even the grossest part. U.S. congressman who sex traffics, perhaps, girls, young girls, minors, and goes around proudly showing pictures of girls he may have paid to have sex with to his colleagues? Yeah, class act from beginning to end. No wonder the guy's a Republican. Meanwhile, not only do we learn a little bit more about Matt Gates and his propensities and proclivities. We've been learning this week a little bit more about his, shall we say, co-conspirator, Joel Greenberg. Joel Greenberg, the guy who faces, what is it, about 37 counts? It's hard to keep track. Of criminal misconduct, including child sex trafficking and others. Uh We've learned a little bit more about this guy, and uh, it's never pretty. Basically, you you almost have to be impressed that a guy still in his 30s manages to compile such an extensive resume of being a total corrupt piece of shit. Everywhere he has gone, uh, his self-dealing is truly Trumpian, Trumpian in its in its scope and its scale, that this guy, just an absolute, total sleazebag. And remember, Congressman Matt Gates. the best that could be said 
is that he palled around with this guy. If even if he wasn't sexually trafficking minors, palled around with a guy who everything about his professional career yelled shakedown, corruption in political offices that he's had. But the most interesting new tidbit of information about classic sleazebag Joel Greenberg is apparently he is working out or has worked out an agreement with prosecutors to testify. So, how long will it be before our next update on the Matt Gates story includes Congressman Matt Gates going to prison? Wow, he's in Florida. If he goes to prison, he won't even be able to vote. He'll really have to stay a U.S. congressman at that point. But of course, he's not black, so he'll probably still be allowed to vote. Uh, also, uh, more in the news on another item that we've been talking about. Of course, we've been talking extensively about the Biden infrastructure plan. As we speak, it is Monday. Biden is meeting or perhaps finished up his meeting at the White House with Republican Congress people today to try to discuss some kind of compromise and something that could be worked out to appeal to the Republican Party. Let's. There's a few things to uh, to break down in this story. First, they're meeting at the White House. Well, of course, Biden is the president, so he can call them there. Also, it's not a good idea to meet at the Capitol because they are still cleaning up for the fact that the constituents of the people, the Congress people that President Biden will be meeting with, their constituents at their behest attack the government of the United States of America. Let's let's just keep that in mind when we talk about the fact that the president of the United States is sitting with Republican leaders and talking about compromise. Are you listening, Senator Joe Manchin? Yes, he is compromising with people who lied about a stolen election and got their people to attack the government of the United States of America in an effort to steal an election. So probably a good idea that they're not doing this at the Capitol. The hope is that they're going to forge a bipartisan compromise. Yes, and that's what Democratic, ostensibly Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, on whose on whose discretions the entire country holds its breath, as he basically is the United States Senate now at this point, being the 50th necessary vote that the Democrats need to do anything in the United States Senate. He says he wants more compromise. Well... So Biden is meeting with the Republican Congress people in order to talk about possible bipartisan compromises. One would expect that uh, Biden will not be willing to compromise by stepping down and letting Donald Trump be the president, which I'm sure is, I was going to say what the Republicans would come in. No, I, I assume they're coming in. Their, their basic starting position is you kill your fucking self and then t- say that Donald Trump should be able to take over because you stole the election. But maybe they're next, they're, they're more compromise of negotiating positions is step down as president and admit that Donald Trump should be the president of the United States. Just, just to be clear on who the president of the United States is supposed to be compromising with. Eventually, I guess if Biden makes it clear that he's not going to step down as president of the United States and hand the presidency to the Republicans, maybe they will try to simply compromise Biden to the point that they compromised Obama. 
What's interesting to, re- to, to, to read now in light of this stimulus, and basically every place I'm reading and listening to, it seems like there's pretty much a consensus, at least among people with, with any kind of self-respect and decency, that the Obama stimulus was too small. This is something that I've been arguing since I started the show. In fact, I've been arguing in class since the Obama stimulus because I read people who know what they're talking about. That the Obama stimulus was too small, and as a result, the recovery wasn't as great as it needed to be. That's why the Republicans took back the Senate, the House of Representatives, and perhaps why Donald Trump ultimately got close enough to win or steal an election in 2016. The Obama stimulus was too small. Now, now there seems to be a general consensus that that was the case. Um, does, does anybody want to hazard a guess as to why the Obama stimulus was too small to address this country's pressing needs? I'll give you a second or two. Do, 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 do. Yeah, okay. Um, it's because Obama compromised with Republicans. Yes, this is taking us back to the glorious days of where Re- Democratic presidents are willing to compromise with Republicans whose only aim is to destroy the Democratic presidency. So, yeah, this figures to go well. There's, there's one possibility here where we can hold out some hope, which is that he could try to buy off some of these Republican congresspeople and senators by throwing a lot of money into their districts. The problem is the Republican Party, in case you haven't noticed at this point, basically the members of, of elected office in the Republican Party do not, are not entitled to have minds of their own. They are not entitled to think for themselves. They are not entitled to make their own decisions. This is the equivalent of the Borg. They are the Borg from Star Trek. Forgive me, I assume all of my listeners are too young to get that reference. But this was an alien race where they all basically shared a brain. This is the Republican Party. They will do what they're told. The idea that he's going to pick people off by buying them off. One, it's problematic that he's going to buy these people off and thus undermine the bill. But I'm skeptical, to say the least, that he will be able to buy off enough Republicans who will then buck their party in return for huge spending in their districts. Good luck with that, but I'm not holding my breath. The other thing I'd like to leave before we leave this discussion of the infrastructure plan is this whole conversation about Biden calling Republicans in, talking about compromise, trying to get a bipartisan agreement. Considering what's been going on in this country for the last 20 years, why do we have to keep paying lip service to bullshit? The Republicans do not want to compromise with Democrats. They don't have fundamental disagreements of opinion. Republicans don't believe in anything other than enriching themselves and rich people. They don't have policy. Go look at the Republican platform for the 2020 elections. Oh, wait, there isn't any. They don't have policies. What they believe in is the cult. Donald Trump is great. And let's give rich people more money. And yet the media can't just come out and say that. They can't This again, why the Republicans, the the criminals and the awful people have such a home field advantage in a civilized society. The media can't just come out and say, 
Why are they doing this dog and pony show? The Republicans will not compromise because they don't have any interest in doing anything that's good for America. They just want to destroy the Democrats. They want America to suffer as they did under the Clinton presidency and under the Obama presidency. They want America to suffer so that they can get back into political office by saying to ignorant Americans, see, Biden made America suffer and he didn't fix the country. Why do we go through this every time there's a Democratic president? Why can't the media just come right out and say, this is all bullshit. Republicans don't want anything that will help the country because anything that helps the country will help Biden and the Democrats. And Republicans would have to have some principle to allow that to happen. And they don't. Period. All right. On to new business, as it were. And it's also not going to start out on a very happy note. There was a lot of hope among many of us that the unionization effort in America would bounce back somewhat through a poster child event as the Alabama, the effort to unionize a where, an Amazon warehouse in Alabama. This was a big deal. It's been in the news a lot. It appears now, well, it looks like the union may be contesting the results. It looks like the union effort has failed. Why would the union effort fail? Let's just start off by saying the thousands of quote-unquote union avoidance consultants who work in America today are really earning their pay in teaching corporate America and rich people how to make sure that their workers aren't able to unionize in order to share in the wealth, so to speak. How did Amazon manage to get its workers to vote against their own self-interest? Just very briefly, this is an issue I've discussed at length before, and I'm not going to go back into the details. But the bottom line is, companies are huge, especially Amazon. Its workers, individually, are small. Big beats small in the U.S. economy. That's just the way it works. An individual worker trying to negotiate with a huge corporation is not going to win. The corporation is going to say, get the fuck out of here and we can replace you with someone who looks a whole lot like you. What equalizes the bargaining position of workers and businesses, what forces owners to share some of the profits that their workers have created for them, is the fact that unions allow workers to collectively bargain where it's not a question of I'm going to fire you and replace you because you are a pain in my side trying to get paid and you are a bad influence on your fellow workers. It's now a question of can you fire all of your workers? Now, admittedly, Amazon is trying, but it, not, it has not yet reached the technological capability of replacing all of their workers with machines. And so if all their workers at a factory in Alabama, at a warehouse in Alabama were to say, you either give us a raise, pay us decently, or we all walk. Amazon, like the rest of corporate America, is in a position where generally they need to sit down and negotiate. It equalizes the bargaining position between workers and owners. It is in part the assault on labor unions in America over the last half a century that is the reason why over the last half of century, half a century, workers have contributed a lot more profit to their companies. Workers have not shared in those spoils. They have basically all gone to the owners 
because the owners are not being forced to share anymore. So how the hell does Amazon get its workers to vote against their own self-interest? You can bet we'll, we'll be reading about this for a while, but a propaganda campaign lying about unions as Republicans and their minions and businesses have been doing for years, lying about the corruption and trying to pay off important people, giving them a little bit of candy in order to make sure that they don't do anything to rock the boat or upset the apple cart. They, of course, will have scared their workers with, if you guys unionize, we're probably going to have to close this warehouse and open up another one. But make no mistake that Amazon had its thumb and the rest of its hand and body firmly on the scale of the, of the workers' unionization efforts. Destroying unions, as I've talked about at length on this show in the past, is simply core GOP economic agenda. It is, in fact, the, the basics of GOP economics, which, of course, their economic agenda being to give more money to themselves and their rich donors and less to everybody else. Destroying unions is part and parcel fundamental to that effort to fight for the rich against everybody else. And those efforts apparently are moving apace. Now, on the other hand, there's some good news in here. One of the things I talked about this, Obama, for all his positives to show that he was not a radical, was not willing to take on Republicans and was willing to come into office to work with Republicans and to the extent that he could, ignored the one pro-unionization bill that was the most important thing on labor's agenda when he came into office and for eight years did nothing about the pro-union bill. Well, Biden doesn't seem to be walking down that same path. In a bit of good news, Biden put out a video on his, through his Twitter account, a message, where he came out and endorsed unions and unionization. An unambiguous message from the President of the United States in support of unions. In fact, unfortunately, in support of the Amazon, at least implicitly in support of the Amazon workers' efforts to unionize. It didn't work there. But maybe it is a reminder that if Democrats refuse to work with Republicans, they actually could get things done in this country for the American people. And one of the things that Biden can do, if he tells Republicans to go shut their fucking mouths and sit in the corner where they belong is maybe he could promote the interests of American workers by promoting the interests of unionization. Also in the news this week, cancel culture. Yes, cancel culture. You know, the one thing that Republicans know how to say to criticize Democrats about, the one policy thing they seem to care about, cancel culture, that and name calling, of course, socialism. Uh, cancel culture. Well, in the latest in cancel culture, being practiced by those ultra-liberals who are all about shutting down any kind of disagreement with them or speech they don't like, liberals were engaging cancel culture against businesses. You know, liberals hate businesses to begin Wait a minute, liberals? Oh, when I say liberals, you know, I mean liberals like Donald Trump. Yes, liberals like Donald Trump and the Republican Party continue to be the ones who most offensively engage in the worst kinds of cancel culture. Right now, the Republican Party and Donald Trump are at war with businesses who are at war 
with their efforts to stop Americans from voting. Well, you know, mostly brown and black Americans from voting. Businesses have been thrust into the middle of the Georgia voting controversy. It's only been ramping up since I spoke to you last time. Major League Baseball has moved its all-star game and its draft out of Georgia. Good for Major League Baseball. I can't believe I even said that. Good for Major League Baseball. Coke, Delta Airlines, huge co- and others, huge companies located in Georgia are f- facing the wrath of a Republican Party that can't believe that these companies seem to be weighing in and having problems with the fact that Republicans are suppressing voting in America. I mean, after all, these companies didn't raise a peep when they assaulted the United States government and tried to overturn a legitimate election. I mean, why now? Well, that's actually a pretty good question, which I will address in a moment. But first, I want to finish this discussion of GOP cancel culture and the irony and the humor of this whole story here. GOP, of course, complains when Democrats engage in so-called cancel culture, but the GOP does it all the time, as I've talked about on the show before. This really shows how serious this this cancel culture bullshit, this offense, the, the, this these poor Republicans are so offended by the fact that Democrats are engaging in cancel culture. This just shows again how completely disingenuous, disingenuous is too nice a word, just what utter bullshit these arguments are from the Republican Party. Here's Moscow Mitch weighing in on this subject, and I quote, corporations will invite serious consequences if they become a vehicle for far-left mobs to hijack our country from outside the constitutional order. Businesses must not use economic blackmail to spread disinformation and push bad ideas that citizens reject at the ballot box. It's it's almost, where do you start with the offensiveness of that statement from Moscow Mitch, the most powerful Republican electoral college right now? Let's see. Corporations will invite serious consequences. Okay, so we're threatening corporate America This from the political party that thinks government should stay out of messing with corporations, right? They're all about leaving corporations to their own. We'll invite serious consequences if they become a vehicle for far-left mobs. Let's be clear on this. There are no mobs here. Republicans, let's be clear, have no problem with mobs as long as they're far-right mobs. In other words, Republican mobs. There are no mobs here. And when the Republicans talk about the far left mobs here, let's be clear that far left now includes more than 50% of the country. More than 50% of the country opposing Republicans' voter suppression efforts in Georgia and elsewhere, which is the whole reason that corporations need to respond to this in the first place. So what does more than 50% of this country constitute? Why? Far less left mobs, of course, according to Republicans. Hijack our country from outside the constitutional order. I'm not even sure what the fuck that's supposed to mean. But constitutional order for a guy who's stolen a Supreme Court seat and a whole bunch of other federal court seats. I don't think, con- and who, who didn't really bat an eye until after the fact 
when when mobs of Trump supporters tried to overturn a Democratic election. Let's be clear that the Constitution, in fact, the 15th Amendment to the United States Constitution, stemming from over 150 years ago, gives black people the right to vote in America, which is exactly what the Republicans are trying to unwind right now. Businesses must not use economic blackmail to spread disinformation. In other words, businesses shouldn't be in charge of running themselves, I guess. To spread disinformation, let's be clear, they're not spreading anything. They are responding to information, not disinformation, and push bad ideas that citizens reject at the ballot box. Let me just be clear. Citizens reject at the ballot box? Let me be clear. This bill has majority majority popularity in America. But, see, here's the key. Here's the brilliance of that statement. Since Republicans are are preventing, maybe, let's say, if Republicans can prevent 20 or 30% of Americans from getting to the ballot box, why then their citizens will have rejected this? How dare you talk about rejecting citizens at the ballot box when what you are doing is taking the ballot box away from citizens? That is specifically what they are doing. It is both a statement of how unbelievably corrupt, what a piece of human trash Moscow Mitch is that he could say this. More disturbingly, it is a statement of how much he understands his constituents to be brain-dead pieces of human shit. That they will just believe every piece of stupid shit that this garbage says to them. And garbage is the word. This man is as low-life scum as exists on the planet. He is as low as his fucking voters. Businesses should know their place, according to Moscow. Mitch, let's be clear. Among other things, what he doesn't like about Biden's Biden's voting bill um, is that it limits businesses' ability to give Republicans and Democrats massive sums of money without even identifying that they're doing it, without owning up to the fact that they're doing it. Dark money, secret donations to Republicans. Mitch has no problem with that, and he will keep collecting the money, thank you. But gosh darn it, if the businesses try to respond to what their customers want, oh man, there's going to be hell to pay. Unlike with the Republican Party, what's happening here is democracy actually matters to businesses. This is, you know, I've I've said this before. If we are relying on businesses to save us from ourselves, considering that businesses are supposed to believe in nothing but themselves, this is a recipe for the end of civilization as we know it. But here's what's happening in this case. I've been talking for months about how the Republicans are trying to destroy democracy in America because they are a minority party and they don't get power unless they stop democracy. Well, it is a strange case that where democracy still matters in America, it doesn't matter with the presidency, it doesn't matter in the Senate, it doesn't matter in the House of Representatives, it doesn't matter in state legislatures either. Where democracy may matter is in our capitalist system. That's what we're seeing happen here. This is is remarkable to think about this. Businesses are doing what they're doing, not because they have principles, not because they believe in voting rights, 
but because their customers are angry. The majority of the American public is upset about this. And all businesses care about is selling to the American public. Am I being too harsh? Think back to some of the businesses we talked about. Major League Baseball, embroiled in their next cheating scandal with all these spitballs being thrown. Cheating after cheating in Major League Baseball. Give me a break. Coke? Coke is a company that sells liquid sugar to children. It sells diabetes and, 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 and overweight, people becoming overweight. It, this is what it sells. This is its product. These are our moral exemplars? No, they are responding to democracy. They are resp- Republicans are trying to end democracy, but for these businesses, they need their customers to give them business. And if their customers are not going to give them business because of what they do, They're going to have to switch sides. So it is the remarkable event right now that in corporate America may be the one place in America where democracy is actually being seen in action. That corporations have to respond to what a majority of their customers want. They are put between a rock and a hard place. They will try to weasel their way out of this as much as they can. They will say something to the left while at the same time giving money to the right and I don't know, firing gay people or whatever the whatever the Republican right, whatever bigotry and shit the Republican right requires them to do. But businesses are caught between a rock and a hard place here, and they just cannot walk the line anymore. They cannot have it both ways, and what they're choosing to do is go with the majority. This is a sign of how unbelievably divided this country is, that businesses can no longer walk a line and seem to appeal to left and right. We are fragmenting As we watch, the country is breaking into two because when you have a Republican Party that is this criminal and constituents that are this stupid, this venal, this corrupt, this crazy, this evil, the center doesn't hold. Sorry. Good luck with that. Anyway, speaking of the center sort of holding, before we go, I want to spend the last few minutes on tax plans. And here, we'll leave on a real positive note. What we are seeing happening in various places across America is what happens when Democrats stop working with Republicans. When Democrats say, we're done with the fucking Republicans. Instead, we're going to do what needs to be done. And we're going to do what's right. That's what's happening now. The hallmark of Republican policy for 50 years has been to serve the rich has been to give the rich more money, to lower their taxes, to cut government spending for poor people and to invest in America and build infrastructure, instead to give that money to rich people. Period. The end. That's where we are. If you don't agree with that, what planet are you living on? The Republicans, in addition to to supporting white supremacy, they support the fabulously rich. Period. So, the hallmark of their assault on government over the last 40 years, their hallmark of the GOP policy to serve the rich has been to lower taxes on the rich. That goes part and parcel with their hallmark of assault on government over the last 40 years. The Republicans have managed to get tax cuts for rich people, give more money to rich people by attacking government whose job it is to serve the common interest at the expense of the special interest. Republicans only representing the special interests or the fabulously rich. The hallmark of the assault, the Republican assault on government in the last 40 years has basically been this concept of starve the beast. I've reported on this a whole lot on this show. 
just very briefly to summarize for, for new listeners. Starve the Beast is we give all the government's money to, to billionaires. And then when Democrats take office, we say we don't have any money to spend on the American public, which is what you would like to do. We have seen this through the entirety of my lifetime and my lifetime spans a pretty long period of time, unfortunately. But throughout, through the entirety of my lifetime, Republicans bankrupt this country. And then when Democrats get into office, say, hey, we're bankrupt. You can't, you can't do your agenda. And then they, Republicans, Dem, Democrats fix it. Republicans come back into office and cut taxes on billionaires again. And then we do the same thing over and over and over again. We've been doing this forever. It's like Charlie Brown running up and trying to kick the football at this point. This is the first serious response to this bullshit almost in the entirety of my lifetime, where in various places in America, we are pushing back against this and Democrats are saying we've been elected to actually do something and what we are going to do is not nip around the edges. We are going to seriously raise taxes on billionaires to pay for things that are necessary for the United States of America and the humans who actually live in it. New York is planning to raise taxes on millionaires. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who seems a lot more sympathetic when he is weakened and pathetic, has finally given in to progressive demands to slightly raise taxes on millionaires so we could pay for things in New York City. Millionaires loving to come to New York City, loving to buy apartments in New York City, which most of the time they don't live in, but not having any interest in actually supporting the city in which they own property. But of course, the big tax plan is the Biden national plan to pay for investing in America. And unlike Clinton and unlike Obama before him, he's not really tinkering around the margins right now. He is actually talking about raising taxes on rich people. Raising taxes not nearly to levels that we've seen for decades in this country while we were growing a middle class in the, in the post-World War II era. Not nearly to those kind of progressive levels where America thrived because of the fact that we had a progressive tax system in part. But nonetheless, to actually raise taxes on rich people and the corporations that keep feeding them their money. So I want to go over some of the most salient features of the Biden national plan so that you can get behind it in case there's any way to put a gun, metaphorically speaking, not literally speaking, against the heads of Republicans to see if there's any chance at all that the Democrats could actually pass this bill to invest in America and have rich people pay for it. First, raise the corporate tax rate to 28%. From the, what, 21%, I think it was lower to, from 35% before trust. So we're not even getting here. We're not even getting it back to where it was in 2016 when it was 35%. Now, the argument to cut taxes was, of course, supply side, it'll invest it, it'll trickle down America. All that was bullshit. It never happened. It was bullshit. We knew it wasn't going to happen before, before they even raised it because it's never happened. But the argument was that American corporations can't compete because they, too, they pay too high a tax rate compared to the rest of the world. Let's be clear that U.S. corporations pay a low tax rate compared to the rest of the world. Also, the United States raises less corporate tax revenue as a share of economic output than almost all other advanced economies, according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Our corporations 
pay less in taxes because of deductions and loopholes and all kinds of things written in the law to, to let them pay a lot less than the stated rate. And as a result, America has less money to spend on its people than other countries. So we should fix that. Let's raise the corporate tax rate to 28% as a start. Well, it is just a start because part of the tax plan is also ensuring that big firms will pay at least 15% in taxes. Many large companies pay far less than the current tax rate of 21%. Frequently, they pay absolutely nothing. Trump organization, anybody? Many large companies pay little or nothing in taxes, despite the stated rate. Kind of like humans in America face an alternative minimum tax, in case you've figured out so many deductions and loopholes and ways to hide your money that your tax rate gets below a certain point. There's a minimum that you have to pay based on what, what income you brought in. Well, he's talking about doing some version of this with regard to the biggest corporations in the world. In fact, the White House wants to oppose a 50, they'll love this, a 15% minimum tax on what's known as book income. Book income, this is the part you love, is the profits firms report to investors but don't use to calculate tax liability. So in other words, just so we're clear on what's happening, businesses go to investors and say, hey, we made $3 trillion last year. We are fucking great and I deserve a bigger bonus. And then they turn around and they say to the IRS, oh my God, we lost money this year. We deserve tax refunds. This is seriously what happens. They have two sets of books. One they give to investors and one they give to the IRS. Sure, that makes sense. Now, it turns out on this one, Biden is compromising more than I would like. During the campaign, he promised that this would apply to businesses of $100 million, worth $100 million, uh, $100 million in income each year or more. And in fact, now his policy is limited to $2 billion in income. So only corporations that have more than $2 billion in income in a year will have to pay this 15% uh, minimum tax. Anybody want to take a few moments right now? You could put this on pause and you could cry over poor Jeff Bezos and poor Mark Zuckerberg and all the other poor billionaires who might see a little bit of their money go to pay for America. Biden also is in favor of strengthening a global minimum tax. Why is this important? There is a race to the bottom in this country and in the world where corporations move their profits to whatever global location taxes them the least on those profits. Now, here's a couple of important things to remember. One, the Trump tax package, which was designed to, to get to say it's going to create American jobs and all that, it, one of the things they said was it's going to bring jobs back to America, but in fact, it actually paid corporations to move abroad, or at least to move their profits abroad. Now, that's a big distinction that's really, really important. It's not a, even a question that corporations move abroad to these low-tax countries. They just move their profits abroad. It's not like Americans really lose jobs because all of a sudden Amazon or Apple uh, locates its patents in Ireland so it doesn't have to pay taxes on all the income it derives from its patents. It's just moving its profits so it avoids taxation. I've talked about this in the past where it's been, es been estimated to the tune of trillions of dollars 
is lost by governments around the world simply because of where businesses and rich individuals tend to move their money in order to avoid being taxed. This would increase the amount that's currently being charged in the United States for businesses that move their taxes abroad and would actually discourage businesses from moving profits overseas to avoid taxes. It would stop this race to the bottom where companies around the, countries around the world had an incentive to try to attract corporations and corporate investment and corporate dollars and probably just corrupt payoffs by lowering their taxes so businesses can locate their profits there. His bill will punish United States companies that headquarter in low-tax countries. A provision of the plan noted is shield, stopping harmful inversions and ending low-tax developments. Inversions are where, like the double Irish, where American corporations figure out ways to move their profits abroad. Well, again, part of his bill is going to punish corporations for moving their headquarters abroad solely for tax purposes without actually moving anything. This is known as inversions. And it ends up where companies have all these profits in countries that they couldn't even pick out on a map just because that's where they don't have to pay any kind of taxes. Uh, there is a push for a global agreement to end profit shifting. Bottom line is, and this will make, make any Republican who managed to wander into this broadcast really unhappy, as the world becomes smaller and smaller and businesses become bigger and bigger and get to move anywhere they want in the world so they can exploit workers, destroy the environment, and cheat on their taxes, the only way you are going to put an end to this is through more global rulemaking. Gro global cooperation, global agreements to prevent companies from doing this. This is something I've been arguing about for years and years since before I started doing this show and my teaching. I was arguing about this. We need more international laws. We need more international co cooperation, specifically to stop this race to the bottom where companies can pit country against country in an inter international bidding war to hurt their citizens in order to lure companies to locate there. So here is a case where the president of the United States is actually looking for global agreements. This will, with any luck, Republicans will be so aggravated by this, they'll just keel over dead naturally. Republican critics of the Biden plan argue that its focus on a global minimum tax is evidence that it realizes raising U.S. corporate rates, the corporate rate unilaterally would make U.S. businesses less competitive. This is what, this is what I, I read in the New York Times. This is what Republicans apparently are saying. The, the, the fact that the plan argues on this global minimum is a sign that they understand that raising the U.S. corporate tax rate will make U.S. businesses less competitive. Let's just be clear on this. The businesses are not moving their operations abroad. They're not moving anything abroad other than their profits. That is a disingenuous argument from Republicans that is based, this will shock you, on false facts that U.S. businesses and U.S. taxes are highest in the world. They are not in any event, but what we are talking about here is shifting profits, not moving away jobs. Another element of the Biden tax plan is to replace the fossil fuel, replace fossil fuel tax subsidies with clean energy incentives. You may not know this, but Biden, of course, wants to transition the United States to 100% carbon pollution-free electricity by 2035. You know, like preserving the planet kind of thing. 
You may not know this now, but we are subsidizing dirty energy to destroy the planet. We are paying oil and gas companies, fossil fuel companies. We are paying them your money to destroy the planet. Just eliminating fossil fuel subsidies. A Treasury Department report came out and said, eliminating fossil fuel subsidies will increase government tax receipts by over $35 billion in the coming decade. Money that we could, for instance, use for schools rather than pay to destroy the planet. Instead, we could spend that money on clean energy, a nascent industry that does not yet have the kind of economies of scale based on their size and their political clout to get the kind of things that that old and outdated retrograde industries like fossil fuels still have that keeps them making profits even when they should be long gone. So we could be support supporting these new industries, which are the industries of the future and the industries of preserving the planet, instead of giving money to rich oil company executives. Anybody think that's a bad idea? The Treasury Department reports, by the way, suggested little impact on gasoline or energy prices for U.S. consumers and little impact on our energy security through this plan. The main impact, said the Treasury Department report, would be on oil and gas company profits. So in other words, destroying the planet won't pay quite as well as it used to. And finally, in the Biden plan, finally, as far as taxes, beef up the Internal Revenue Service. Wait, beef up the IRS? We all hate the IRS. Well, we mostly hate the IRS if we are criminals cheating on our taxes. And do you know how many of us are criminals cheating on our taxes? A lot more than used to be cheating on their taxes. Not me, of course. But a lot more criminals cheating on their tax than used to be. Why? Because we have so hollowed out the IRS ability to enforce taxes. It does not have enough money to go after tax cheaters. Gee, does this kind of remind you of defund the police? I thought Republicans thought defund the police was a bad idea. When it comes to the IRS police, they think defunding is a great idea. Let's defund the people who catch criminals because we work for the criminals. What has especially happened that the IRS has been starved in its budget. Not only can it not look at enough tax returns to cut down on enough tax cheating, but because wealthy people and corporations can afford expensive lawyers and the IRS cannot, what it means is it doesn't look at the tax returns of rich people and corporations. It looks at my tax return and your tax return. Because being limited in budget, the IRS can't afford to take on somebody who can actually fight back. Biden is proposing to fund IRS enforcement. Now, by funding IRS enforcement, I want to be clear, that means bringing more money into America. Because every IRS agent who is hired to catch tax cheats way more than pays for herself in the amount of money that she brings in for the federal government. This is the Biden tax plan. Spend some time thinking about all the aspects of it that you don't like. Anyway, you'll have a week or so to think of it before you are inclined to listen to another show. I will see you at some point around then. Until then, take care and be safe and have a good week. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 